All right, welcome back to another episode of Get to the Point. This is Buddy and Seabear. Um, it's Tuesday, December the 27th. Uh, coming a little bit late because the Christmas holiday took up a little bit more time. We were going to do it yesterday, didn't have enough time to do it. It's all right, we got it out today. Uh, Seabear, how was your Christmas? It was pretty good, man. How was yours? It was pretty good. I can't complain too much about it. Everybody was, everybody got to come hang out, see the family. Everybody was healthy, so that was the main thing. That's very true. Very true. Yeah, especially after these last few years with the COVID and all different kinds of stuff, it was good to have just a pretty normal Christmas. Yeah, for sure. We've been throwing off, especially like if you like, we do like our big family thing. So it's like all of my like great aunts and uncles. So it's like 70 of us. Oh, geez. So like we haven't been able to do it for a couple of years because of COVID. Everybody's been kind of like nervous. But this year we got back to it with Thanksgiving and Christmas, so it is starting to feel pretty normal. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, all right, well, let's get into it. Uh, we're going to start off in the NFL today. Uh, there's a couple of really pretty high-profile stories going on in the NFL. Uh, we're going to start off with the Denver Broncos fired Nathaniel Hackett after a 4-11 and start. Um, this is actually the second year in a row that one of the franchises fired their first-year coach before the, his first season ended with Urban Meyer last year, now Nathaniel Hackett. Um, <clears throat> when they got made the Russell Wilson trade, they were expecting big things in, out of Denver. It's just been abysmal from very beginning of the year. Um, Sebra, what do you think about them firing him so early, though? Well, I mean, you had to fire somebody. I mean, you can't fire Russell Wilson because you're paying him too much money. So you had to fire somebody. So you just fire the head coach, which – I mean, it's really not his fault. They had a really good defense. Special teams was pretty good. They couldn't score points. So, I, I he just got literally – if Russell Wilson had a good season this year, you're looking at like an 8-4 and four team somewhere around in there. 8 and – well, it wouldn't be 8-4. It would be like probably like 8-8, eight 8-9. Eight, eight yeah. So, I mean, they underperformed, yeah, but it's not the head coach's fault. But I, I think they know that. I don't think they're stupid enough to – to fire the head, I think there was a reason they fired him, but I mean, they got to find somebody that's a decent enough play caller to get Russell Wilson some opportunities because he looked like shit. Yeah, well, how much of this is Nathaniel Hackett's play calling, or is it Russell Wilson's just not as good as they thought he was, and he's not as good as he has been in the past few years? I mean, you know, you've always heard about the cliff of quarterbacks, and most of the time that's referencing Tom Brady, who just doesn't seem to ever hit one. Uh, but maybe Russell Wilson's hit it. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I heard somebody talking about – I don't remember who it was. It was one of those big heads on ESPN. But they were talking about how the the pocket passer quarterback's not really effective in NFL anymore. You look at Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and all those guys. Maybe there's some truth to that because Aaron Rodgers hadn't had a great season. Tom Brady hadn't had a great season. Russell Wilson, not a great season. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, Aaron Rodgers is – he loses Devontae Adams, who is – I mean, that's a huge loss, and next thing you know, you got a bunch of young receivers that you're trying to build up, and an old Randall Cobb. That's your only really experienced. Lazard has underperformed this year, uh, but Russell Wilson's not really a. I wouldn't consider him a pocket passer. He's always been a guy who can throw out of the pocket, but he's also uh, able to create with his feet. He really just hasn't done a whole lot of that. No, they have weapons to do it. It's not like they don't have the weapons to do it. Offensive line's pretty bad, but I mean. I don't know. He, I personally think that 
uh, Hackett or whatever. Hacker, Hackett. Hackett. He just got the blunt end of the stick from Russell Wilson having a really bad year. Uh, honestly, because there was high hopes on the guy. Everybody was talking good about him. Getting Russell Wilson supposed to be this great football team, and Russell Wilson just so happened to suck. So now you got a bad football team. That's just how it's going to happen. Yeah, um, I mean it's just it's unfortunate. But like, here's a question: Is that you've seen it a lot more recently in college football? How short of leashes uh, pro, like teams and schools have on head coaches? And now this is the second time in two years that a head coach has been fired before his first year is even over. Does the impatience of college football does it start to carry over into the nfl i think it i think it all comes down to winning i think that's all these owners care about and especially if you're if you're the broncos you obviously wanted to win this year you just spent all this money and you're not winning so something's got to change to to go back to the college situation i i think it just comes back to winning I, th- I think these programs just see these teams win 10-win 10 10, 10 seasons consistently. They're like, well, we're good enough to do that, but it's infrastructure. you got to build a program. you got to build all this different stuff. And I don't – so, like, here's an idea, right? Did the Broncos think that Russell Wilson was going to be Peyton Manning? Is that what I mean, they thought? I, th- I think they thought he was going to be – potentially better than Peyton was when he got to the Broncos. I mean, Peyton, his first year at the Broncos was just insane. But he was also coming off of a neck surgery, so you didn't really know what to expect. You've seen what Russell's been the last few years, and you expected at least that level of play. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that it's – you say it comes down to winning, but I think it's really more of managing expectations. Because, you know, you go – if you'd have Nathaniel Hackett come in to, I don't know, the – one of the bottom teams in the NFL, he doesn't get fired for going 4-11 and his first year. But at the fact that he was expected to do so well, I think that's the main reason why. Yeah, but I, I think Russell Wilson has a lot to do with the situation. No, I think he's if, the main – I think he's the main reason for all this. I think the, that they them firing Nathaniel Hackett is a thing – it's just something for the franchise to look like they're trying, even though that's not going to fix the problem. The problem is Russell Wilson. And it does – it won't surprise me that if he – Nathaniel Hackett is not the f- only – head coach that gets fired because of this horrible deal that John Elway made. Well, think about think about the Panthers, right? They hired Matt Rule last year. He made it through a year. He didn't make it six games, seven, eight games through the year this year. Look at the quarterbacks he has. Sam Darnold got hurt, so you had Baker Mayfield. What's he supposed to freaking do? And you can say whatever you want about the Rams and Baker Mayfield. It has 10 – it has everything to do with Sean McVay. It has nothing to do with Baker Mayfield. I agree. Um, moving on, uh, kind of some, sh- not really, I wouldn't say shocking or sad, but sad news, but uh, J.J. Watt announced that he was going to retire after this season was over. Um, he's had a great career. Uh, he has been the, he was a three-time defensive player of the year, only one of three players to accomplish that. The others were Aaron Donald and L.T. Lawrence Taylor. I mean, it's it's almost a, it's kind of sad hearing it, but it's also congratulatory to him because you know that he's take, taking a beating and he's going to get out at a good time and get to spend the rest of his life with his kids and family. Yeah, a Hall of Famer for sure. Absolutely, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. But it does kind of suck a defensive talent like that played for two really bad teams. I mean, the Cardinals last year were pretty good. This year they're really bad. 
So I'm not. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. he played for some pretty bad teams. The Houston Texans. He took them to the playoffs himself. And he's yeah, that one that that one year with Deshaun Watson where he was actually playing pretty good. That it was a good year, but that was nothing compared to his at his caliber. You would have liked to have seen him on a better team. He barely played when Deshaun Watson was a starting quarterback, though, because he was always That's, so freaking hurt. I don't. I mean, it's yeah. a weird situation, especially with him. It's an odd situation. But you saw it coming, injuries. He's a Hall of Famer. He's got nothing else to prove. He keeps getting the tar beat out of him every Sunday. Hang it up. Just be done with it. And his, and his younger brother is about to take the throne, so he can probably just step out now. Yeah, he's not even the, main, the most well-known Watt anymore at this point. And nope. not only that, you get to get out of the league. You've made, he's made a ton of money. He's been one of the most respected players in the league. He won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award a few years ago. If you remember, after the hurricane hit Houston so bad, um, he raised all that money. He ended up raising $37 million for hurricane relief. His initial goal for that was like $200,000, mean, which is awesome. It's just a, it's a congrats on a great career. Um, wish him well and whatever he does next. I bet he turns into a, like a Fox pregame host or something. Like a Greg Olson type? Yeah, like a great – not really a Rob Gronkowski because I think – me and you talked about it one day. He's just kind of like feels that stupid niche. Like Pat McAfee created like that kind of stupid commentary niche. Gronkowski just kind of like slides in there. He'll be better yep. than Gronkowski. <laughs> oh, 100%. I think he's – because he'll be serious about it and he'll be really good, I think. Um, one more thing before we get to the uh, look back at the week 16. Tua, another concussion. This is his second confirmed concussion. His other one was a back injury. Um, but we all, I think everybody knows that was also a concussion. So that's three concussions this year alone. Um, you got to, I mean, they haven't ruled him out of the year of the um game for Sunday, but he's in concussion protocol. Surely the Miami as a franchise has to sit him down for the rest of the year, right? I don't think they sit him down for the rest of the year because I think they were so worried about the playoffs. They're not out of it. They can still no, win a couple of games. I mean, they're still in the playoffs. I mean, as of right now, if the season ended today, they would make the playoffs. The problem is, is that, I mean, now you're starting to deal with Tua's long-term. We're just talking about J.J. Watt getting out before he's, he's too messed up. This is – his third concussion this year, I'm pretty sure he had one last year. I know for a fact he had one or two in college. I mean, this is like some serious stuff, especially after all the NFL has been pushing so long about trying to fix the concussion problem. And I think if you let him just keep coming out there, then this is just a almost just like a kick in the face to whoever – everybody before that's tried to push for the concussion reform, um, it's just like a slap in the face to, you, to them. Well, what do you do? You make him shut down. You don't let him play anymore. But the Dolphins can't do that. They can't afford to do that. Why? They're in the playoff contention right now. Like they can't no, afford I understand. to their starting quarterback. I understand that, but at some point you gotta realize that the guy that the person behind this getting you there is more important than winning the game. I agree, but I think the Dolphins are in that situation that I don't think they Obviously, the first time he had that concussion and then came back out and then got really banged up. Obviously, yeah, to me, like the Dolphins doctors or the Dolphins organization, something, they didn't really care the first time they were more concerned about the game. In this situation, 
you've put all your you put all your eggs into this basket this year. You've got a couple years to get this thing going. I don't know, man. I understand that, but at the same time, that was the first time of the year where that happened. This is the third time this has happened this year. Yeah. That's I mean, a good point. Know. Maybe hopefully they learn and they don't play the kid because he's still young. He's got a lot of got a big future ahead of him. It's not worth exactly. sparing the year, but I don't see I see the Dolphins doing everything wrong. They're a bad organization. They'll do everything wrong. Well, I don't disagree with that, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> um all right, so let's look back a little bit at the last week's games. Starting out, we're going to talk about the Thursday night game. The Jacksonville Jaguars won yet again over the Jets. The Jaguars are now sitting in the number one spot in the AFC South with the Titans losing this week as well. Who would have thought that six weeks ago? Not me. The Titans look like the juggernaut for that division. And there's high hopes about the Colts too for this year. So the Jaguars were looking at finishing third in the division behind, in front of uh, the Texans. So, yeah. for them to be first in the division, am I right? No, right. The, um, the Titans are still – the Jaguars and the Titans are tied at 7 and 8, but the Jaguars have the tiebreaker over the Titans right now. Okay, so – but still, they're overperforming. No, absolutely, they're, yeah. Well, maybe they're, they're kind of – maybe the Titans are underperforming and the Jaguars are just kind of sliding in. I think it's a mix of both. Um, um, another thing, though, Zach Wilson got the start. We were talking about it last week, thinking that the, he just he had to do something special to get it to where the Jets believed in him, and he didn't do it. Um, nice he's toast. already, yeah, no. Mike White was announced that he was going to be back this <coughs> week. They also made Zach Wilson inactive, which I think just really just. I think that's it for. I think that's it for Zach Wilson in New York. I, I think so, too. I thought they were going to win that game. I think me and you both picked them to win. We did. And I was very confident, very, very confident that they were yeah. going to win that football game. And the only points they scored is because Jacksonville gave it to them in field goal range. That was literally the only reason they scored. So, the offense really looked bad. Defense looked pretty good. Um, I think, yeah, I think he's done. I think Mike White's yeah. the next one to step in. I think they draft a quarterback this year. I think they really start to try and figure out that quarterback role because defense looks good. They got weapons on the outside. They just don't have a consistent quarterback, which Mike White, he might be that guy. He might be the guy, pal. Time will tell. Um, Collins, can the the Vikings win the Super Bowl? No. Then how do they keep winning? They're 12 and 3. They keep winning games. They're a three-and-a-half-point underdog this week in Green Bay. If they come out and they win that game in Green Bay, we'll start to talk about it. But the fact that they're still an underdog at an 11-3 and team tells me that Vegas does not think that they are that good. I will buy in to the people that get paid to do that. Yeah, well, the Vikings keep um, saying fuck you to every single one in Vegas because they just keep finding ways to win. I mean, The thing is, they don't cover. They just win. Exactly, but they win. But that's what – when it comes down to it in the NFL, covering really doesn't matter. It's all about winning games. And they and they decided they wanted to kick this, – this week they wanted to kick a 61-yard field goal to beat the Giants at the, as, at the end of regulation. Um, I don't know. It's It doesn't make any sense, but it's pretty dang cool watching. Oh, dude, I middled the piss out of that Vikings-Giants game. I took Vikings on the money line and Giants plus four in the same parlay. I yeah, no, that was money. Yeah, that was money. 
Um, dude, the Patriots keep finding ways to lose games stupidly. They yeah, got the Bengals. Uh, yeah, they got the Bengals all the way down on the what the eight yard line, first and goal from the eight with less than a minute and a half left, down four. All they had to do was run run the clock out, score a touchdown with as little time to give Joe Burrow, and they decide they just want to fumble the ball on the first play. This is like – so it's happened in like for the past three or four years of football where DBs and linebackers are willing to give up an extra couple of yards to try and get the ball out. It's getting to a point where the defensive line has been coached to just hold them in a position where they can't advance forward so somebody comes in and pokes the ball out behind them. If you know this, and if I know this, and I do not play on Sundays, then you should know it if you're on the sidelines. So why why are we not? I know we preach ball security, don't fumble. I know we I know they preached it. I'm not stupid enough to think that they didn't look at the running back and say, "Hey, we're about to run f- four zone here, okay? So what I need you to do is hold on to the football so we can set up the passing play." He's fighting for extra yards and fumbles the football. Thanks. This, this Patriots team is everything that Bill Belichick is not. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, let's see, the game of the week, Eagles and Cowboys on Saturday, it really lived up to the hype. I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect with Gardner Minshew playing. He had a couple bad interceptions. When I say bad, it was really just unfortunate because they were 50-50 balls that he, they lost. Um, but he played well other than that, but – the Cowboys were able to make enough plays down the stretch to uh, come away with a really big win. Kept them in it uh, for a chance to win the NFC East. It also kept the Eagles from clinching the number one seed in the bye. Pretty big deal there for the Cowboys to get that one, especially against backup quarterback. If they don't win that game, everybody starts looking at them as a Super Bowl pretender too. Um, yeah, I still – I'm not bought in on them 100% yet, but they're still – they're a good team, there's no doubt about it, and they can go and beat anybody on any, any given night. Uh, but I don't know. How much different is that game – I don't know how much different the game would have been with Jalen Hurts playing, honestly. Not much of a difference. I, the, the Eagles – the Cowboys offense, they did a very good job. They constantly adjusted. They constantly switched up scheme. They found they made it very easy on Dak. The Eagles defense did not look good. So if you're no, they really didn't. Who's looking at if you're like me and you're looking into January and you're trying to figure out who's who and what's what, the Eagles defense did not look very good. If they get in a situation where they have to go to Minnesota or somewhere like that, where there's an offense on the other side that can take advantage of them. They better watch out. Yeah. Um, I'm a little surprised that Philadelphia had never really established a running game. I mean, they didn't ever have – I was expecting Miles Sanders to really have a good day. Didn't really do anything special. Only had 65 yards. They had less than 100 yards total on the t- for their team. Um, like I said, Gardner played really well through for over 350 yards. I mean, it was – he kept him in the game. Uh, just wasn't able to make enough plays at the end. But, no, I think this is really setting up to be a fun playoff run right here between Philadelphia and Dallas. And it wouldn't surprise me a bit to see them both in the NFC Championship or a divisional round, something like that. I would love to see that playoff matchup. I, I, you can, I see them in a – I'd like to see the game in Philadelphia, though. Really cold, just nasty. 
I want to see just a nasty game. Like, I don't want to see 34 to 40 again. I want to see yeah. 17 to 13, just smash mouth football, man. Yep. Uh, one more game before we finish. Oh, we actually got two more. Uh, let's see. Packers stayed alive. Uh, like we said, Tua had a concussion that we think they look back at it, and I'm pretty sure he actually suffered that in the first half. Played the entire second half, and during that second half, he gifted Green Bay with three straight possessions with the interception. Uh, not only that, he threw it right to him. Um, but yeah, this win, Packers ended up winning 26 to 20. It kept their playoff hopes alive. They still have a lot that has to happen for them, but they're not done yet. No, nah, it was. I had the Packers money line in that game, so that was a good call. That was that game set up perfectly for the Packers. Even I think they were down ten at halftime, twenty to ten. I think is what it was, or twenty mm-hmm. to thirteen, one of the two. And even at that point in the game, I knew the Packers were going to win. I don't. Th- I think the Dolphins are mediocre at best. Defense isn't good enough to win in postseason football. So they're mediocre at best. The Packers coming into Lambeau on Christmas Day and beating you is kind of embarrassing. So I think the Dolphins. To go back to the Tua conversation, they might pack Tua up in the suitcase and hold him until next year. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would do. But uh, one more, last night, Monday night game, uh, the Chargers ran through the the Colts. The Colts are really bad, and we don't have to talk about them. Uh, but the Chargers clinched the playoffs for the first time with Justin Herbert as their quarterback. Uh, they were really close last year. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do in the playoffs. We're I was listening to some people talking last night. He hasn't really had that breakout game yet where he just lights it up like the way that Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen light it up, but he really hasn't had to. Um, I'm excited to see what happens if he gets matched up with Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow in the playoffs. Uh, I think that he will realize that he has to do that, and I think he's going to put up some numbers. I think he's good enough, too. I'm just so concerned about the defense. Yeah. They're still good last night. I mean – they're a long way away from being competitive in, in like, the Super Bowl conversation. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that kind of covers the play, the NFL from the last week. We're going to look quick, real quick at the playoff picture. Uh, let's see. Buffalo, Kansas City, Minnesota, and San Francisco have all clinched their division already. Uh, Buffalo and Kansas City are still neck and neck. They're tied for the number one seed, but Buffalo has the home field – has the um, advantage right now, the tiebreaker. Minnesota's still in the hunt for the one seed with Philadelphia, but they got to have everything happen right. Um, see, you would think that Philadelphia has the playoff spot, I mean, a division clinch, but they actually don't because Dallas is still in it. Cincinnati, Baltimore uh, lost the Chargers. Philadelphia and Dallas have all clinched playoff spots. Then you got uh, the bottom tier. You have uh, Cleveland, Indy, Indianapolis, Houston, Denver. Chicago, Atlanta, the Rams, and Arizona have all been eliminated. Uh, and there's a couple teams that are still in it. It's going to be uh, a fun final stretch of the season coming up. Um, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I really just want to see what happens in the NFC East. Everything else kind of tied up, but the yeah. NFC East is still wide open. So I'm still interested in that division. I kind of want to see if the Giants or the Commanders can squeak into the playoffs in a wild card spot. Because I'd honestly like to see either one of those teams in the playoffs. I think, um, I mean, one. you got to remember this year they have the expanded playoffs. They have an extra wild card team. One of those I think is going to make it in. Uh, 
it's still possible that both of them do, but that'll also knock out the Lions and the Packers. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm not really sure. Get the Lions in the playoffs. I would. That's what I want. I want that more than anything. It's for the Lions to get in the playoffs. It's their long shot, but it's still possible. And I. That's we're all pulling for it. Um. So yeah, that's going to cover for the NFL. Let's hit up the college game real quick. Um, the only the main bowl game I'm worried about tomorrow night, eight o'clock, on ESPN. Uh, the Revs look to get a bad taste out of their mouth against Texas Tech. Um, it's been a while since we've. I feel like we've played. Um, Revs are favored by three and a half tomorrow night. What do you think is going to happen? Oh, Ole Miss is going to beat the piss out of them. That's that's all there is to that. Ole Miss is going to beat the piss out of them. I would love that. Um, that's really the only thing I can I can hope for. I, I'm just I just want to win somehow. Uh, it's been they're a while since we've better defense. Oh, that, I don't think there's a doubt any doubt that they're the better team, but that doesn't mean they're going to win. The Ole Miss Rebels will win the football game. All right, that's what I like to hear. Uh, another game tomorrow is a pretty good one. It's Kansas and Arkansas. Uh, it's going to be Arkansas's favor there. Um, it's a close spread, it's two and a half. But I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think I, I, I'm excited to watch that game. That's going to be tomorrow at four thirty. It's the Liberty Bowl. Um, I don't know. I don't know what Arkansas team is about to show up. Me either. If if, if Arkansas, if if Arkansas plays a decent game of football, they will beat Kansas by two touchdowns. Plain and simple. Yeah, uh, Kansas is really just struggling. They, After winning their first five games, they've lost six of the last seven. Yeah, uh, Arkansas has been playing well the last few weeks or the last few games. But it's still a toss-up to me. I think Arkansas is the better team there, but doesn't mean they're going to win again. Uh, one more game tomorrow is um, – Oregon and North Carolina in the Holiday Bowl. I think Oregon rolls here, don't you? Yeah, it's a two-touchdown spread. I think it's 13. I have no business laying that number with Oregon. I have no business taking that number with North Carolina. If I do play this game, it'll be the over, which I probably won't wind up playing it at all. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's dip into the transfer portal just for a second. A couple big-name transfers. Um, let's see. Sam Hartman, quarterback for per, for Wake Forest. Um, has entered, has announced that he's going to enter the portal. Notre Dame is a strong favorite early on. Don't like that for Hartman, but he's not, you knew he wasn't going to come to the SEC and play. So uh, he played Notre Dame. He'll be fine. He'll, they'll be 10 and two, nine and three. He'll do fine at Notre Dame. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him go to like a Clemson, somewhere like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, I think the guy that came in for Uyangale is going to be their guy, but I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, let's see. Speaking of DJ Uyangale, he announced that he is going to be transferring to Oregon State. Uh, I think that's going to be a good move for him, get him a, kind of a fresh start, uh, go out in the Pac 12 and see what he can do and see what he can do out West. That's a great move. That's incredible for him. He's about to go to an offense where he really doesn't have to do a lot except play a pro-style game. That's all he's got to do. He's got to manage a football game and score touchdowns by running the football. 
So what that means is when you do get the opportunity to throw it, don't be stupid. I think he'll be perfect. I love this, man. Oregon State probably going to wind up getting a T-shirt, maybe even a, a Lagolay jersey because I think the fellas against the number next year are going to be deadly. It's, it's, it's a good possibility of it. I would like to, I'd like to see what happens with him because he's really talented, just really struggled the last few years. Uh, they had a really good of, team this year, man. Yeah, you're right. They did have a good team. They're on the up. They're on the up and up, which is a good thing for him because he's going to a good upcoming program. He's not expected to go win a national championship right away. But he, I mean, if he whatever he does, it's probably going to be past seven or eight game wins. Wins. Uh, it's going to be a a positive, I think, for the Oregon State fan base. The Pac-12 uh, is exciting. Very it is. Exciting. Yep. Just in time for uh, USC and UCLA to dip, go to the Pac- Big Ten. But we're going to have one more year with them in there. Uh, now the quarterback that uh, – a big-name quarterback, Hudson Card. Yeah, Hudson Card, he's the he was a backup for Quinn Ewers at Texas, came in in the Alabama game and played pretty well. Uh, he's going to transfer to Purdue, which I think will be a good spot for him too because Purdue is always a solid team. They got – it's the West – the Big Ten West is wide open because nobody's very good in it. Uh, he could really make a difference there. Yeah, I think people forget that Purdue might be one of the best recruiting schools in the country, seeing that they did offer me out of high school. Can't blame them there. Um, I mean, it's one of the best – I mean, top-tier recruiting. I mean, some of the best in the nation. So, look look for the fella to go out and have a grand old time over there in Indiana for the Boilermakers. They're going to be – they're going to be freaking rolling next year, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, all right, college basketball. Only really important game we got coming up this week, early in the week. Kyle Seabear, it's the dogs. The dogs are finally getting a real test in the SEC. Alabama's coming to town tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, which is kind of unfortunate because I'm not going to be watching that game because I'm going to be watching the Ole Miss game. But it's a really good matchup here. Uh, got number eight, Alabama, coming in to Starville to play Mississippi State. Seabear, right now, Alabama's favored by two. What do you think? Yeah, I was about to say Alabama money line for sure. But come on, I will dude. be in attendance. I will be in attendance. I'll be cheering on the dogs. But um, I don't think they're good enough to win this game. Alabama's legit, man. They're so they're good. They're very good. They're very good. Yeah. Uh, I think well, the dogs, I think the dogs wind up losing this one. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. See, Barry, that's gonna be a fun game for you to be at. Um all right, so before we get before we close it out tonight, uh, why don't you hit us up with a lock of the week? Also, just a heads up, Pittsburgh money line did hit the other night, which means that what is our record with the lock of the week, Seabear? Five and zero right now, dude. We're undefeated. Yeah, we are undefeated. We're looking to keep it rolling, Seabear. Who is your lock of the week? So we're going to look at a game that we have talked a lot about, or a team that we have talked a lot about, the Miami Dolphins against the New England Patriots. I had the New England Patriots on the money line last week. They should have won that game. I will have the New England Patriots on the money line this week, and they will win the game. Take New England in Foxborough against the Dolphins, and they will. I'm telling you right now, the Patriots are going to win the football game. Lock it in. Go ahead and do it now. Lock it in. We're going to move to 6-0, and and that's going to just about wrap it up for us today. Seabear, good show. Good good. have you have us back after the holiday. Um, 
Let's see. Let's have a good week. It was fun. It was fun. I do. I do think at some point the lock of the week is going to come to an end. It's going to. We know this. But I'll tell you one thing right now, buddy. It ain't happening this week, dude. It ain't happening this week. We take it week by week, and before we know it, we will be a little bit something like 6, 7, and 0, and we keep rolling. We take it week by week. Just take it one game at a time. See, Bear, good luck to you in Starkville tomorrow night with the, when the dogs bring on Alabama. Um, let's hope the Revs win tomorrow night against the, the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. Let's have a good week. See, Bear, good show. Thank you all for joining in to get to the point. Hey, one thing. Let me it's hear the it. fellas' birthday tomorrow. It is Seabear's birthday it is tomorrow. The fellas' birthday tomorrow. I mean, dude, the dogs playing in the hump against number what, like five or six Alabama, or are they tired? Eight. Now? Number, number eight. Number eight Alabama. And Seabear's going to be there for his birthday. Well, let's hope we can get an early birthday. Let's get, hope we can get a good birthday present tomorrow. Let's Let's have a good week then. For sure. Have a good week, fellas. Yep. See y'all.